American Craftsman Podcast is sponsored by Hayfla. Hayfla offers a wide range of products and solutions for the woodworking and furniture making industries, from hinges and drawer slides to connectors and dowels, sandpaper, shop carts, wood glue, and everything in between. Exclusive product lines such as Looks LED lighting and Slido door hardware ensure that every project you create is built to last. Learn more at Hayfla.com. Wow! I <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Uh, Rob is uh, a little under the weather today, so he's not joining us, but I'm here with the wonderful, uh, Lindsay Price of LMP Design Company. Is that, yeah, that's the short version. Lindsay Marie Price Design Company. Lindsay Marie Price Design Co. Co. Is it in full, but usually emails LMP Design Co. Yeah. <laughs> Interior designer, architect. Yes, just not licensed yet, but uh, close doing enough, that. Close yeah. enough. <laughs> <laughs> the bills and the time, you know, are yeah. all in there. So yeah, yeah, we've had uh, discussions about the uh, the student loan crisis. <laughs> Personally, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and on the podcast. Um, so I guess uh, probably the best way you're only the second interior designer we've had on the on the podcast. Okay. So uh, probably best to um, you know tell tell everyone a little bit about yourself, how you got into interior design, you know, what led you to want to get into it? Okay. So I started out, um, you know, when I was younger with my mother, she would always like be rearranging rooms, fixing stuff. She used to refinish furniture for fun. Um, my dad's a carpenter, so he worked for New York city, uh, for the union. Mm -hmm. So everybody was always doing, you know, some kind of project. (laughs) So I was surrounded by that my whole life. And then, you know, when I was trying to decide what I wanted to do, um, going all the way back to high school, I was in an art major program. So artistic, obviously, but, Mm -hmm. um, my whole life kind of, you know, was interested in art, uh, puzzles, like all that kind of stuff as a young person. And then, you know, in high school, when they gave you the opportunity to kind of almost pre-college pick kind of what direction you wanted to go in the rest of school. I was like, eh, (laughs) hate it. (laughs) But art, I was like, it was dope. And, you know, just creating something from nothing was always fun. So I was like, what could you do? Cause art doesn't pay. No offense. (laughs) Doesn't make any money. So, and you know, I have family members that were like, painting's not going to like pay your bills kind of thing. Yeah. We've had that discussion here, you know, with furniture. It's like, you know, we want to be creative and make artistic furniture, but people don't buy that, you know. There's such a small percentage of people who appreciate it. So we do it kind of like for the love of ourselves, right? Like, because we love it and, you know, we want to create. So I'm trying to figure out that since I, you know, wasn't born into cash. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) (laughs) being an artist or something like that was not going to cut it. Um, But finding something that I could kind of channel that into. So um, interior design was always appealing Mm -hmm. um, because it, you know, you got the instant gratification of doing something and changing a space really quickly. And I never even, you know, thought about architecture kind of as a direction. And then I was at Brookdale, uh, completed the interior design program. And at the end of that, you have to take some classes in architecture. Um, So I did that and then um, met Ed O'Neill, some architects, and he runs the program over there. So um, when he had me in his class, I was taking his class because it was towards the end. So I was running out of classes to take Mm -hmm. um, to complete the degree there. And I was taking graphic classes um, with a guy who 
passed away, but they, they were all about like trying to push me in the direction of their field. Um, you know, not boosting myself up, but <laughs> <laughs> I was good at all, like all of the areas. So, yeah, yeah. um, it's really, and I feel like if you're just, you know, artistically inclined, you could kind of pick whatever direction kind of suits you. So, yep. um, you're usually good at more than one thing. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And then Ed kind of, uh, you know, took it upon himself to, uh, try to get me to go into architecture and think about going into architecture. Cause he saw something and I, w- you know, I didn't, I was just taking it to get out and go to New York school of interior <laughs> design. <laughs> I was like, mm, yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe I'll think about it. I was like, that's not my plan. <laughs> like the city sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I want to go to the city, do all that fancy stuff. Um, and you know, I thought about it for, I, I was not going, like I was finishing a semester before the fall semester. So, uh, I was like, I'll think about it. And at the time I had talked to my grandmother and she's like, what are you nuts? Like, just do it. If you don't like it, like you could always go back. And I'm like, <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Sounds so easy. <laughs> I was like, you know, at the time you're racking up student loan. You don't even think about it. Right. Oh, so yeah. you're like, ah, who cares? Like, I'll just put another, another year, grand, <laughs> you know, in student loans. <laughs> when you're that young, you're like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to make so much money. I'm going to pay it off. Who mm-hmm. cares? Um, reality strikes, but <laughs> so I was like, okay, well I'll try it. So I signed up to do, like I put that on hold at New York school of interior design. And then I, um, signed up to do a semester of architecture, loved it as well. Um, I always thought even at that kind of naive stage that I was like, well, I could always use it if I wind up hating it mm-hmm. to just know more as an interior designer. Yeah. I mean, I think it's uh, like, it's kind of like carpentry where like, you know, a finished carpenter is like an interior designer and then like a cabinet maker is like an architect. You know what I mean? Right. It's just, just like another level, that level of knowledge and it never hurts. Mm-hmm. Right. Like even when I'm on a job site and you know, you're just watching what other people are doing. Not that everybody does that, but you know, I have a disease. So I'm like watching what everybody's doing. And then you kind of take that into consideration when you're designing something or drawing something mm-hmm. because you know more. So thought the same thing then, even though I didn't know I was thinking it and uh, completed the architecture program at Brookdale with Ed, actually graduated from it. Didn't just transfer like some people do. Um, so I wound up graduating from it and then going to Drexel to finish out my degree in architecture. So fully went to school for architecture um, have my associates in interior design, bachelor's in architecture, and now, you know, obviously working the whole way through it, which yeah. was another thing that was kind of, tra- you know, challenging. It's challenging anyway, the program of architecture. So. Yeah. Um, it's very in-depth and very intense, and some people just, you know, you're not built for it. Mm-hmm. Um, then trying to do it while you're wa- working a full-time job. Drexel has a night program, which I, I was a part of. Um, so... You know, it's just intense. Mm -hmm. So did that. (laughs) (laughs) Took me only like from start of going to Brookdale, starting interior design to the end. It was 12 years of school. So no big deal. (laughs) A bargain. (laughs) Just a bargain. (laughs) I'll pay for it until I'm dead. Um, But, you know, it's all good. But um, that's how I kind of got into it. And you just kind of get addicted to um, the projects and doing actual work obviously just either makes you or breaks you. And mm-hmm. um, I just always had interest from the gate and then being able to like the best part, I think of what I loved about school 
is obviously very different from doing a project in, you know, a studio to then coming out to the real world, not only dealing with clients, builders, (laughs) bosses, everything involved, very worlds apart, Mm -hmm. you know? So doing a project in school, what I loved about that was that everybody got the same piece of paper with the same, you know, criteria on it. And like the next, when you had to come back in with your first ideas was watching like we all read the same stuff. Like you, you know? suck, you suck, you suck. <laughs> so that's what I did, but you know, <laughs> but it was just like uh, awesome to see kind of what everybody got from it. Cause mm-hmm. you could, I mean, that's with anything in life, right? You could read the same exact stuff. You could have the same exact thing and you're just going to do totally different than what somebody else. Did. Yep. So that was really my favorite part. And that's kind of where the passion uh, for it comes from is that I just love listening to a client um, being able to decipher kind of what they're looking for and being able to, you know, I'm able to put it together and bring them something. And they're like, oh my God, most of them are like, oh my God, this is exactly what I was thinking of yeah. or better. And, you know, it's very rare that you get somebody that you're just totally mm-hmm. in left field. So that's really my favorite part of it. And that's kind of what drives me in really any project and problem solving you know, situation there, but that's kind of where it all germinated from was just being interested in art as a kid and then real li- like trying to blend it with real life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't just be sitting in a studio with a bunch of artwork. Nobody <laughs> will get it, <laughs> but you know, and obviously it's kind of a gift and a curse because you're always surrounded by it. Yeah. So you're surrounded by architecture and interior design, good or bad, you know, always. <laughs> Yeah, there's lots of bad. Yeah, that's for sure. lots of bad yeah. for sure. But um, that's kind of where the passion comes from, and that's why I got into it and why I stay in it. So, yeah, we're always same thing, like kind of chasing that gratification from the client, like on delivery day, like getting the reaction. Like, I mean, that's the best part, right? Yeah. Like when they first are exposed to it, and depending on the client, that's either good or bad. But yeah. Some people just don't give you anything at that moment. Mm-hmm. Too, I've experienced that where they'll like call me later, like elated about it but in the moment they like don't know how to react so that's there too (laughs) it could be i think overwhelming for people you know it it really is and then hard to articulate um or show excitement or some people have no emotion so yeah you get that too yeah yeah (laughs) where you meet somebody you're just like oh okay yeah delivery day is like the most nerve-wracking day because or you know install day whatever yeah um because there's all of this fear that like I mean, we do the the renderings and everything and the client sees it, but there's always this fear that you're going to show up and put it in and they're like, wait a minute, like, what is, oh, well, 100%, what is that? Because you know? you know, as well as I do, as much as people love to say that they could read drawings, they sometimes cannot mm-hmm. and people don't see things three-dimensionally yep. and sometimes they pretend like they do or they do believe that they are seeing what you think they're seeing, but as questions start to pop up, at least for me, you see that, oh, you're not seeing this. <laughs> like, right. You don't get it. And not in like a bad way. It's just that like now I have to figure out how to show it to you in a different way. And that even goes with like 3D renders and stuff like that. Sometimes people still don't see it. It's just like yeah. back in the day when some people just couldn't read a map. Like mm-hmm. it just is a thing that people either have or don't have. Um, but you could tell. And that's the fear is that, oh, <laughs> hold on. You didn't see what I was showing you for months and months and months. Yep. And now you're here and you're like, wait a minute. That's not what I thought it was going to be. Or 
and then the shock. You're just like inside. You want to murder everybody. And you're like, well, it was you know, <laughs> actually. On paper. It is exactly what yeah. I showed you. You just didn't see it. But. I mean, I struggle personally with like these. You know, <laughs> just working off of you know plan views and elevations for me. Yeah, uh, I can't. I have the ability to wrap my head around it somewhat because I've, I've just had to do it so many times. But like, I really need to draw it in 3D and be able to move around and look at it myself to really get like the right. hundred percent, and it's uh, it's just different levels, right? So yeah. like, you understanding it in 3D is because you build it, so mm -hmm. you could kind of like equate, you know, real life to like, okay, that well, that's the box, so now I know what that looks mm -hmm. like. Um, some people, you know, it's like literally if they don't see it in their space, they're not. They're not getting it. Yeah. Scale is really hard for a lot of people. Yeah. It's just challenging, but it, you know, it, it just makes you more creative to try to show them different ways. And some people are so far that you just, you have to wait till it shows up, unfortunately. But um, yeah. most people could, you know, kind of get it as you go along. Yeah. But the, 3d helps. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so this, for example, somebody sent us this and that, that pink thing there, it's like, uh, a, a plastic highlighter. No. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's my uh, trying to <laughs> divvy it up. Um, a plastics company. Yeah, and it's like displays, and they have those acrylic that you know they make yeah. all these like little bottles or something. Mm -hmm. But it's like so. Then you show the client. This that one's kind of washed out. Where's the one? You know, you show the client something like this. Right, a lot. It's a lot easier to wrap your head around <laughs> sure. as to like, and it's like, wow, like, look at that. It has the LED lighting. A hundred percent. And that really does, you know, send it home for a lot of people because that looks all very realistic. Yeah. Which you know, is you, dangerous too. You send, you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you send this, this price over this, you know, insane price and, and this helps like, uh, justify it to the client. Well, it's, yeah. And usually like things like this are super custom, right? So it's not like you could show them a picture of like something that you've already done right. or something that exists out there. Yeah. Um, like a mood so board that isn't gonna, no, it's not going to cut it. <laughs> and actually this designer <laughs> sent one over and I'm like, look at it. I'm like, this is like, most of this is ir totally irrelevant to this project. Mm, that's some, you know, <laughs> some interior designers and that's kind of what they teach you in school, which is why, um, what helped me being in architecture is you kind of, you know, figure out what's necessary and what you should show. Right. And kind of takes out a little bit of the fluff of mm -hmm. the nonsense um, that is taught. <laughs> Pinterest uh, board 101. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pinterest is doing very well for itself. So. <laughs> and it does really, I mean, there's great things and awful things about it, but it does really help a lot of that kind of middle ground of people who can't visualize. Yeah. It really does help them. And for me, I love Pinterest house, any Instagram, anything that somebody could send me a picture yep. of what they like, because that tells me a story, even if they don't know why they like the image, mm -hmm. um, I could kind of see where their brain is and I'll pull things that they don't know that they like from it, you know, yeah. and kind of work it into whatever they're looking at. That's one of the things we do. It's, you know, we have this um, <clears throat> questionnaire on the website where like you're a new client, you reach out, we, we direct you to the website to fill out this questionnaire um, that basically goes through the project, ask some basic questions. And then, um, after that, you know, the first step is like, all right, send us some inspiration photos. And then like, 
same thing. Pictures of just stuff that you like. It, 100%. It doesn't be, have to be exactly what you're looking for. Right. Like you could want a bookcase and you could send a picture of a couch. I don't care right. what, you know, just <laughs> yep. send me stuff that you like so we have somewhere 100%. to start. And I always think that's the best way to do it because, again, going back to like if people understand or not. Um, they could think that they're telling you exactly what they like, mm -hmm. but then you see a picture like, oh, that's not, that's not what you were describing. Right. You know, so you're giving me, you want to start out with the best kind of suitcase of knowledge mm -hmm. and uh, let me pick from what we professionally know is important yep. rather than you thinking that you're going to tell me. And <laughs> exactly even then sometimes like. it, you know, Oh yeah. <laughs> that's like my wife's a, is a hairstylist. Mm -hmm. And same thing. They ask people for like pictures, like, bring, oh, you know, bring it. and then like, you know, she'll do their hair and they're like mortified. Yeah, it's like, but it like, looks just it. like, what what, like, it's like, yeah, well, you're not, uh, you know, uh, whatever, Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> well, the best is, uh, and you know, I did the hair salon. So at White Opal and um, back in the day before Cass was there, uh, I would show her inspiration pictures and be like, listen, I know this is not even my hair texture <laughs> or volume, <laughs> but I love it. And it was like a Brianna, you know, like, and I'm like, I just, she's like, that's a wig, <laughs> but it's, you know, I still want to see what you like, even though yeah. you, you might not be showing me exactly yep. what you're going to get. It just tells you more about the person and kind of what direction they're going in. And if they're looking for me, it's always like, are you looking at pictures of, you know, $10 million houses mm -hmm. and how realistic are we going to get here? Yeah, yeah. You know? Without, tell me your dream and then I'll crush it is what I always say. You're but. at McDonald's and you're looking at the menu for, you know. <laughs> you're like, you don't have filet mignon? Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Actually, I drove by White Opal on Saturday. I was in Ocean. I was going back home mm -hmm. and I saw like a ladder set up in the window still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're uh, pulling it together. But yeah. uh, the contractors, I think now are at the stage of cleanup, mm -hmm. which is good um, after all the repairs and stuff yeah we were talking about the we weren't we didn't give any specifics but yeah. talking about the paint off oh. paint debacle with the ceiling mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah that's all solved mm -hmm. as far as we know right now so that's good yeah, the color good. is correct which is beautiful mm -hmm. <laughs> it's no longer glowing warmth so oh, you know there's a million whites yeah <laughs> yeah lighting in a salon is huge Key. yeah color lighting mm-hmm just seeing the tone of your hair when it's done next to another color shifts color. So yeah, I was a hair model on Sunday. Oh, uh, fancy. Had, yeah. Some uh, educators in from Canada. Nice. These two dudes and uh, the guy was like super theatrical. It was a little bit, you know, it's not my, I was like having anxiety <laughs> just being there with all, like all these people. Oh, I love that kind and, of energy, uh, though. Yeah. I mean, my wife was, she was cutting my hair, but this yeah. dude would, like, you know, like, tag in, like, and he would have this, like, <laughs> flippy comb. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? You're like, please don't ruin my hair. Well, your wife yeah. could always fix it, though, so that's a yeah. bonus. <laughs> he did. He had some some good tips for her. Um, yeah, those educational classes that they do are, like. Yeah. Well, key. they do that a lot at White Opal, right? Yeah. Yeah. She does her own, and then she has other people come in, mm -hmm. and. I mean, that's in any profession, right? Like you want yep. to keep learning or you're dead. So yeah. <laughs> you got to keep going. You got to keep uh, furthering kind of what you're exposed to or you're just going to be stagnant. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about that all the time. And, and you know, Tom. Yeah. And we sort of, we know each other uh, prior to Tom. I mean, yep. you know, Rob through Tom, but yes. we, we met on a couple of jobs when I was working for Paul. Um, 
we always talk about how Tom would say, I've been doing it this way for 40 years. It's like, that's a problem. Right. <laughs> it's good as far as you, you know how to do that, right. you know, but always expanding kind of, I always think if you don't continue to learn, you die like in yeah. any realm. That's like when people retire and then they, you know, are depressed and mm-hmm. die because they're not working. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're not keep learning or you're not pushing yourself, like, you know, what is that? Yeah. Like if you found the best way to do this one thing 40 years ago, then you should be like retired as like a millionaire right now. Right. Because you, you, know, <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you should be doing that one thing every day. Yeah. But I think that's personality based too, right? Like yeah. it's either you're a driven person who kind of wants to keep improving or, mm-hmm. you know, and not saying that Tom or anybody else is making that conscious decision, but like it, you could be, but yeah. like, <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes people just don't have the personality that, and you know, yeah. that from working on a construction site, there's people who work and then there's people who just slide by the day and, yeah. you know, wait and, for lunch. And, you know, you can fall victim to the grind and. Oh um, yeah. You get all caught up in you it. You get burnt out and you're, and it's just like. I mean, burnout is a hundred percent. I'm running on burnout. Yeah. You know? Every day is like a fire. You're like, I just need to put out this fire. I don't care <laughs> this one, about. I know the other one's burning right next to it, but yeah. I just need this one to go away. Uh, I've had, yeah, I've had plenty of fires of my own. I just figured out we've, we've been having issues with our finish. Um, so we got that spray booth, like, uh, when was that? Maybe. Was it in the summer? Yeah. It, either late summer or like early fall. It must've been the summer. Cause it, cause I think I remember seeing it on the stories. Yeah. Um, on these stories. And we were, ha- so we were having, oh, so it was when we were doing the, the salt boxes. So we delivered those, uh, I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're having issues with bubbles. <laughs> I will not continue to listen if I <laughs> yeah. don't know exactly when you bought it. <laughs> Everybody's going to have to look back and find out. Um, we're having issues with these bubbles in the finish. And mm-hmm. uh, we thought it was water in the lines because we were using a, you know, a, a, um, a conventional HVLP off the compressor. So we thought it was water in the lines. So we bought the Apollo, which is a turbine. So it generates its own air, clean yeah. air. Uh, and I was still having it. I even had uh, this woman, Jackie, over here who works at Tim, you know, Timber. Um, Manny from Tom's worked over oh, there. Yeah, it was yeah, a CNC yeah. shop. Yeah. Yep. So they're over here now in Keensburg. Oh, okay. They have like a 20,000 square foot shop. Small. Yeah. <laughs> Small lease payment, Small, I'm sure. Small little yeah. tiny space. Um, so Startup. I had, <laughs> had Jackie over here <laughs> trying to figure it out. You know, I've, I've, I've been racking my brain, looking on YouTube, Google, reading forums, couldn't figure it out. So finally yesterday, I, uh, I hit up Dan from United Finishes, which is where we buy our finish. And he actually like set up the same turbine, took finish from the same lot and tried to replicate the issue. He couldn't, couldn't hmm. replicate it. So he's like- So that's an equipment issue? Uh, well, he's, okay. he said- uh, <laughs> Not throwing anybody under the- <laughs> The only thing that I can think of is Chris, Chris his business partner from yeah. New Doors, mentioned- um, Maybe it's like a static electricity problem. Ooh. So he said, take a piece outside, you know, outside of the shop and spray it, which I couldn't do because it was raining. But I went all the way over to the other corner of the shop, put cardboard down on the forks of the forklift and sprayed a piece there. And it like laid out like glass. And I'm like, what mother. And it's been months. I've been dealing with this for months, like trying to. Nothing to make you want to pull your hair out. Kind yeah. Of thing. So we delivered like a couple things that I was like super unhappy with the way, like, yeah. you know, it had like this. That's wild. Just a rough, 
you know, and luckily we skated by and it's like, I hate to do that to the client. Oh, of course. You know, um, it kind of is what it is at this point. It's like we gave him the best that <laughs> we could. If they're listening and we know you are. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, the one guy even said something. This one guy reminds, we've talked about it before, like just like, he's just like Tom. Mm. Not, not he's, he's a little cooler than Tom, but very similar <laughs> no personality. And he's like, yeah, you know, he's like the, your finish is like a little bit gritty, but, but he didn't, you know, he didn't yeah. care. Um, so anyway, found some grounding issues with the spray booth, mm. which were causing the static electricity. That's so wild. finally today Science. I'm spraying and it's like laying out flat. I'm like, thank God. Yeah. How happy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, Just a few months of torture. <laughs> I don't want to jinx myself because it's still early in the, you know. You've got lots of woods to knock on, kid. <laughs> yeah. I'm only a uh, second coat on the back of these. So it's like I got a uh, one and a half more sides to do. But way more promising now yeah. that, you know. Mm-hmm so nice when you like find the issue to something even if it's not that long where you're like oh perfect and i'm spraying like hundreds some a dollar a gallon finish that i'm just then just like sanding (laughs) off completely because it's you know rough Mm -hmm. it's brutal finishing is tough yeah and that's what everybody sees Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's even worse yeah the pressure and you know i have uh unrealistic standards, you know, like I I'm never know happy. anything about that. <laughs> yeah, never happy with anything. So it's like when it's not the even true sign of an artist, nothing's ever finished yeah. and nothing's ever good enough. <laughs> like I want it to be perfect. I, I, I know that it won't be perfect, but I want to get as close to perfect as I can. So when it's like not even at like a satisfactory level, For you, it yeah. drives me insane. A hundred percent. Because then it always opens you up to be like somebody else's could say something. Mm-hmm. So it's like the pressure of, of having somebody say something when you know it's not like where you want it. Yeah. Which sucks. Because I know if I put my standards here, like the client's expectations. Oh, they're going to be way lower than that. <laughs> yeah. But then there's that barometer where you're like, oh, sh- I'm getting close to like where they might say something. Right. Yeah. And it's like, the you know, they'll have a point. So right? <laughs> I can't argue with you. Yeah. <laughs> you mean you don't see those bubbles? <laughs> Torture. Yeah. Yeah, it's always good to have that kind of like level of standard though, because you always know you're going to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if it's not, we know we don't get perfect, but if we're getting at least close to ours, then we know we're delivering something that's going to be right. Yeah. So that's the same thing in any facet of construction. You hope. Yeah. Any any trade, you know, if for people who care. <laughs> if, yeah. If everyone cared that much, you know, it would be a lot better. And. You know, it, it is an issue how low the standards are for Oof. people like, you know, because it it prices people who are good at things out of the job a lot of times. A hundred percent. Because they're, like, they're just, just lowering get, it. We could just get any idiot to do this. You know, <laughs> it's like, wow. If you want <laughs> you it to be can, good, you can. However, it's going to look like shit. Yeah. Like, and I mean, you know, because you did construction before. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the guys who suck. Yeah. And it just dominoes down the whole row of everything because you have a trade come in and they're like, well, they're doing that kind of level of work. Yeah, it brings brings everything down. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like if we go into a house to measure for something and we see the other mill work and it's like, you know. Shit. Yeah, it's like, well. (laughs) We're fine. I mean, we're not going to like rip (laughs) you off, but, you know, I'm not going to like kill myself and lose sleep over like a tiny little gap in something or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And we talked too about budget and it's like, you know we tend to give away the farm and it's like something that you really got to not do. You know, you can't have, you can't charge a client $10,000 and give them a $20,000 product Yeah, because 
if you do that continually, you're, you're not going to be able to keep the lights on. So it's like you need to give them what's relative to what they're or paying proportional for. to what they're paying for. Yeah. yeah, I have that issue too. <laughs> I kill myself for, yeah. you know, all my clients. So, you know, that that's a hard one to navigate because I also want the, to keep my level of kind of credibility and mm-hmm. um, professionalism and stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes you get in a situation where you're on an hourly project, which is fine. Um, but if you're on a flat fee and things keep popping up and you keep having to save the day and then you have to, you know, have that yeah. conversation, <laughs> which you want, I come in and I want to save the day and help everybody out. And, you know, but then you get taken advantage of because then the subs and everybody start to use you to yeah. do their job and they're getting paid. And, you know, I fall into that a lot just because I'm like, well, it has to be done and I care about the client and I want them to get what they get. So you know, I might not use that sub again. Yeah. It feels like an investment in your, yourself and your business too. hundred like, percent. Well, I'm just paying it forward into the next one. The client is going and to sometimes be happy. That's and, fine. Yeah. But then, you know, you know, when you start to get to the feeling where you're like, yeah. hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, this ain't for free friends. <laughs> oh yeah. That was like our barter with the uh, electrician. I was like, oh yeah, now it's just the handrail. I'm like, no, no, I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah, no more. This stops. I'm like, yeah. we didn't uh, ever talk about this, so we're not going to do it because we already <laughs> did like 10 of those things. A hundred percent. And it's, you know, it, it's hard because you, not for that situation, but when you're dealing with a client, they're like, you know, electrician, tile guy, whoever they decided to do on their own. And then they're like, oh, well, you know, they're not they coming through. They need this, they need that. And you're just like, that's why I suggested going with people that we use mm-hmm. or, you know, um, anyone that I suggest. <laughs> it, yeah. That's usually when it happens is when they wind up trying to do something on their own where they think they're going to save um, money. And sometimes they do on that specific bill, but you wind up paying for it either with the contractor or with me or anybody else, because somebody has to pick up the slack of the person who you got, who's a friend, Yeah. <laughs> you know, Oh, this person's friend. I know this person through this and everybody's got a guy. And how often have you worked with that guy? Mm-hmm. Do you know what they actually do? Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You pay for it one way or the other. So you might as well do it with somebody who you feel confident in that's going to get it done. But that's not always what happens. Yeah. I always like, if I'm bidding a job and like somebody sent us this bar and they wanted um, this arched, they had like the most abysmal budget. They wanted this <laughs> elliptical arched back with glass, with antique mirror, glass, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, well, we could have this person do this. I'm like, I'm tacking on extra because I'm not, I'm not telling them this, but right, because right. I know I'm going to have to deal with some guy. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be able to be there on the same day as me because I can't finish the install until his stuff is in. I'm like, you're That's not rough. saving any money. Like, if you just gave us the whole scope of work, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to find a guy to do it. I'm going to mark it up, but it's going to all be done, you know. Well, and that's also some people, clients could be educated and like, or uneducated. And then you have to kind of educate them on kind of the process. Cause some of them really are naive and don't, not at their own fault, but they just don't realize the steps in getting something done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've had clients who, you know, and um, they just don't understand how long anything takes. They don't know who's involved. They just want to have it done. Mm -hmm. And um, they think that they're just looking at numbers, you know, and um, you could explain it to some and they'll get it. And they'll be like, oh, I didn't realize it was that involved or that many trades have to come together for that. Happens a lot with countertops when you have a countertop and then you have a built in that goes on top of it, stuff like that. Um, 
but some of them don't know. And then they stepped step up and say, no, let's have your guy do it because we just want it to be smooth, mm -hmm. especially if they're on a time crunch. Yeah. Then they have to weigh out if it's the cost that they think they're going to save on or the time. And usually if it's commercial, people pick time over um, cost. But again, it depends on the budget and the client, yeah. but they just don't know some of them. Other people are just looking to save a dollar at every turn mm -hmm. and trying to use you and squeeze you dry. And you kind of get the vibe of that. Um, but the it's client right. needs to be educated enough too to be able to articulate to these other subs that they're dealing with personally what needs to happen. Well, especially the too they're when not. they're their own general contractor, yeah. you know, or they think they are, mm -hmm. and they just don't know. And you 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 kind of try to share the knowledge, but you know the personality types. That's they either <laughs> yeah, that's a freebie. <laughs> let me just teach you this. You know, I paid to don't learn all worry. this. But let me yeah, just yeah. Don't worry. I only went to school for twelve years. Yeah. I've only you know been working for 15 in the industry, but you could have my info for free. I'll help you out. But that's really only when you have good clients that you like want to keep and all that stuff where you give a little bit more, but mm -hmm. for shitty clients, it's like, yeah, well, good luck. Let me know when you need it fixed. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be here. <laughs> that's when we're going to do a 10 and 10 on top of uh, <laughs> everything. Yeah, it's just uh, the, the feeling. Some people just want the feeling of them saving. Mm hmm and they don't care about anything else. So then you price it accordingly for that person and you discount knowing that you, they were going to do that, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but I, I try not to get into any kind of like discounting or anything like that. I usually, if I feel like somebody's going to be questionable like that, then based on the project, then I'll be like, you're going to be hourly friend <laughs> yeah. because there's no telling how, you know, long you're going to keep me here. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like my biggest thing um with specific clients and as interior designers you don't i mean you probably feel it a little bit because they try to have the job creep but with interiors it's they don't ever want to let you go yeah you know you become their friends therapist mm -hmm. um you know they want you to move in like all that stuff oh well you're here can you take a look at that powder room over there <laughs> it's just never ending yeah. and you like them most of them and you're like okay well you know i'll help you out but as some clients you're like I need this to be over. Yeah. So <laughs> let's wrap this up. But like, I'll take a look at that next time I'm here. And then yeah. Like, oh, well, we'll schedule, you know, let, let me know. Cause some of them just want to keep talking, yeah. you know, and then they just try to find other things. But, you know, I have clients who are like, can you pick out, you know, my towels, my soap. Like, <laughs> it just depends on the client. And for people you love, like, you don't care. Yeah. Like, I'll do whatever. I, because it's not, you know, at the end of the day, it's not like a stuff like that, you know, you're not going to kill yourself for hours and hours. But No, it's not a lot of time, and it makes them happy, and it really just emphasizes your work. Like, so it's good all around. But it's for people who you care about and want to yeah. cultivate. Because <laughs> for people you can't stand anymore, um... You know, you're like, no, can't do it. Mm -hmm. Here's some suggestions. Run with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get like the, uh, it hasn't happened in a while, but like, oh yeah, you think you could like hang these blinds while you're here or, you know, stuff like well, that. Well, they're just happy to have somebody in the house, yeah. right? Like that could do stuff. That And that happens all the time, like artwork, mirrors. Um, like we have this guy, John, he's a handyman. We'll give you his number. <laughs> yeah, it's always good to have that too. Yeah. You could call him and do that. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff is like the creep mm -hmm. that just keeps going, which if it goes into a bigger project, great, but yeah. Yeah. They are always dangle that carrot. 
Yeah. Only some of them come through. <laughs> yeah. Usually never. <laughs> well, I think we have to take this time okay. to thank our sponsor, Ridge Carbide. Uh, Lindsay's filling in because Rob's not here. Rob, you sound great today. <laughs> when you need the right saw blade for the job, put your trust in Ridge Carbide Tools. For over 50 years, Ridge Carbide has been producing industrial saw blades designed with exact specifications for the cutting results you expect. Before you buy, call Ridge Carbide and they'll help determine the right tool that meets your needs and budget. After the sale, Ridge Carbide provides sharpening services for all your saw blades, dado sets, router bits, and jointer planer knives. <laughs> Located in Kansas, Ridge Carbide Tools provides high-quality products with outstanding customer service at a fair price. What, what are, are you, you cutting? cutting? <laughs> nice work. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, jointer. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to change it to joiner. I'm like, oh. Yeah, joiner. Flat, that flattens the, uh, <laughs> the first the first face of the board. Um, so thank you, Ridge Carbide. We also want to thank our other sponsor, Unita. Um, as we always mention, we've been using that the Unita 3x4 uh, they're X and, um, man, I just posted about it this morning. What the hell do they call those? X and, give me a second here. <laughs> Such a good sponsor. Uh, E-Series, X and E-Series, three by four, uh, orbital sander. So it's a, a three by four sander with a true eighth, one eighth inch orbit. Um, fantastic for finish prep. And, uh, we've really been enjoying them. So thanks to Unita as well. Um, I wanted to ask, you want to talk a little bit about your time, like at some architects and then how you, sure. you know, went out on your own? Just my time in general when I was there? Yeah, whatever, whatever may be interesting. <laughs> so many interesting things I cannot be discussed. No, because well, um, you were saying, uh, Ed, right? Ed, yeah. Was your professor. Right. So then how did he you make the- He was one of the, the partners there, yeah. yeah. So some architects in Red Bank, um, Ed O'Neill and Mike Simpson were the two principals there. So Ed had asked me to intern um, when I was still at Brookdale. So I did that um, and then wound up going to Drexel and staying there during the internship. Um, and then obviously became a full-time employee while I was at Drexel. So um, worked there with a bunch of people before everybody got laid off. <laughs> <laughs> As a, you made uh, the cut. You know, I made the cut at that first kind of recession. <laughs> um, but Jill Wright, obviously, is one of their, she's still their um, kind of their iconic worker who's mm -hmm. been there forever and uh, really taught me along with learning um, with a few of the other guys that were there in the beginning um, before they were laid off kind of the ropes and everything um, computer wise and setting up drawings and all that kind of stuff that you only touch on in school. Mm -hmm. um, so really working with her um, and them uh, was really helpful. And then really, I would say after a few years of just doing kind of architectural drawings and markups and all that kind of stuff, branching into the interior design there, nobody was doing interiors and a client had asked for it, so they knew I went to school for it, and it was kind of just a seamless transition. Um, I worked there for 15 and a half years, doing both architecture and interior design the whole time, um, running the projects for the interiors, pretty much solely running them, yeah. um, with kind of mostly Ed uh, overseeing, I guess, because um, they were his clients, so 
and I did work with Mike on a few interiors projects, but um, just kind of being able to experience that while I was there and going to school and running projects and kind of seeing things come to fruition um, was really great. I stayed there obviously through COVID. Um, so we had that first recession. I forget it was like 2008. Yeah. And um, they laid everybody off except like everybody off slowly laid everybody off. Mm -hmm. And then it was down to just me and Jill who worked there. Uh, and then we just kind of picked up everybody else's work. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, Got you know, a huge raise. <laughs> you, yeah. Right. So you stay, you know, at the pay scale that you're at and you just take on three or yeah. four people's jobs, which is unfortunate, but personally I am kind of loyal to a fault. So if I ride for you, I'm riding for you the whole time yeah. and I'm, I'll kill myself to like make sure that what I'm putting out, even if it's for four people, I'm still going to the top of my. Yeah. And when you care level. about your, you know, what you do, it's like, uh, I'd rather, I'd rather just do all this myself anyway. A hundred percent, which is great and not great. <laughs> but you also are kind of like, okay, well, eventually this is going to pick up. They're going to hire people back yeah. and it won't be as taxing. And you hope that people appreciate it and, you know, see it. And sometimes they don't. And, you know, um, really there it was more of a financial decision because yeah. I got loads of experience. Ed is uh, my kind of architectural mentor on the books for NCARB and getting my license and everything. And my, you know, both of them have an extreme amount of knowledge, um, good and bad. Everybody has like good and bad, yeah. you know, but you kind of learn what to do and what not to do. And that's just with experience. And uh, I still work with them and consult with them currently um and met a lot of people through working there so it's still a great relationship it's just it was time for me financially to move on um and kind of transition out i gave them a lot of time when i was leaving just because i cared about the clients and mm -hmm. didn't want anybody to be screwed by me being like peace yeah <laughs> Yeah. I'm running your whole job, but that I'm only leaving. gets painted one one way. Oh, 100%. You and as a bad guy. Especially, yeah, especially if you're doing, like I was doing interiors, nobody else was really involved. Mm -hmm. So I care enough to not, you know, screw over clients like that. And specifically with the clients that I had, like I really cared because mm -hmm. I was invested from the beginning of the project and want to see it through. Um, so I'm still working on a project that, you know, two years later, that's still going Is on. Is it that same one? <laughs> yeah, that penthouse. Yeah. That was really an HOA problem, but um, still there and wanting, you know, to make sure that the project comes out good. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the level of kind of exposure and knowledge that you gain just from being around people who are in the industry that long, um, you know, just builds your own kind of like portfolio of knowledge. Mm -hmm. So like, um, again, Jill is probably somebody that I've gained the most from there. Um, Ed, because of like kind of the educational direction and thing he always let me um kind of fly with any not any but most of the ideas that i had architecturally while laying out plans and um that just promotes growth so yeah anytime that you could and i think just in general being a boss <laughs> you know i think you always want your people to grow and kind of keep growing because mm -hmm. if you don't why are you in it right um so you kind of want them to grow and eventually either partner or move on, yeah, you know, yeah. like, um, and some people have the personality where they're just gonna sit there and just want to work for somebody 
for the rest of their life. And hopefully there, you know, this person that's growing is training someone below them who is going to become the next well, version of them. Yeah. You, know. <laughs> you would hope that. And then they would kind of keep the cycle going. Yeah. Um, but there was really, you know, they brought in um, an intern. They had a drafter there as well. Um, all great people. But when you're overwhelmed with projects and you're bringing people in at different stages and, you know, you have to have people that are dedicated to not only the project, but to training people, or you have to give them the ability to train somebody and pull them off some projects yep. and scheduling when you have, you know, a lot of work is just difficult if you're understaffed. Yeah. So COVID, you know, I always say that I worked more during COVID and I work a lot, <laughs> but I literally was nonstop working like day and night. Um, and to have that and then not, you know, have support as far as when you come back from that mm-hmm. was really kind of my breaking point. So if you're struggling financially, then you have all these other things stacking up yeah. and then you're like, okay, I've been here for, you know, 15 plus years. <laughs> like I know you appreciate me on some level, but you know, I need to appreciate myself and, yeah, and be able to grow as well. Producing the work that's bringing the money into the business, then you deserve to be compensated. A hundred percent. And it, it, there's no bad blood there. It's just the reality, unfortunately, mm-hmm. with having such, as we talked about, large student loans, yeah. uh, you know, more than a mortgage. Mm-hmm. And it's just weighing on you nonstop. And then you're kind of bleeding um, and you're not getting what you feel like you deserve. Um, you got to go. Yeah. And I say, I stayed a long time, you know, it wasn't like I graduated and was like, peace. There's still stuff to learn. You know? <laughs> Thanks, for, <laughs> like, Thanks for everything. Yeah. And you, and everybody learns from each other. Like they learned, you know, interior design stuff that they use. And mm-hmm. um, architecturally, I think you, when you work with a team and you guys grow together, you know, like as projects come and stuff like that, I'm sure this is boring for all the workers. No, no. But it's always about, I, I like to say that, um, any project is a team of people. So if you feel like you're always running and you're the person that is killing themselves and leading everything, and then you have this other aspect of life that you're like, oh, why can't I afford to buy socks? You know, like <laughs> it's a problem. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so how long are you going to sit in it? And like, no matter how much I liked, loved um, them as people, it's like, I have to be, I'm supporting like, you know, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, it's like nothing personal. <laughs> nothing just, personal. You know. My niece is like, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. And I need to be able to support myself and, you know, uh, my family. But it, you know, like I, like I said, it, it's a great relationship that keeps going, but it was just time to kind of evolve and move on. Mm-hmm. And best thing I ever did. Um, I love everything about being on my own. <laughs> Uh, besides that, I work even more now, which yeah. I knew I was going to do just because I'm addicted to You're work. You're the master of your own universe. Yeah. And it's like you, I'm now killing myself for myself. Mm-hmm. Obviously not healthy. I'm sure you should go to betterhelp.com or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, reach like, out about sponsorship because I <laughs> see they're sponsoring a lot help. of people. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I love to work. That has been my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, just coming from nothing and knowing that working gets you something has been my drive forever. I'm like, Oh, I could get money. Fine. Doing it. You know, it's important with, and I would consider what you do like a trade, you know, when you have a trade, it's important that it is 
not, I, I won't say your entire life, but it needs to be like the focus of your life. I'm not saying that you need to, um, uh, you know, take away else. focus or give up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All these other things. But like when, when you have a craft or a trade, it needs to be your entire, you know, you need to I put mean, everything into it. That's just our personality though, right? Yeah. Like, but if you want to be good at it, there are people who just want to show up to work nine to five and leave Mm -hmm. and like, you know, have a life. Um, I'm not one of those people. I love working. I love kind of the joy of every part of it, Mm -hmm. um, good or bad. But, uh, my drive is always to keep working, keep, uh, you know, moving projects forward. I live, I sleep it. Um, obviously, my nieces and my munchkins are like mm-hmm. my second favorite thing. <laughs> However, first but you need breaks for everybody listening also. first, <laughs> um, but you need to, you know, keep going individually too. So um, I think that my kind of addiction to working and moving forward benefits everybody. Like it benefits the clients, benefits me, um, whoever, when I, I'm going to be hiring somebody. So whoever that is, Hopefully they have, I'm not expecting the same passion, but like, you know, that kind of yeah. drive, cause that's hard to find, um, you know, in the, youth. yeah, it's, that's <laughs> a scary, you know, thought, um, it's hard, the idea of trying to find someone that is at least, you know, I talking just need before somebody about like perfection is satisfactory, like just finding someone that's satisfactory. Yeah, that's it. Um, but I think, you know, if I had somebody who I was working for who had that, even if I didn't have it going in, it would rub off on me just because of personality base. Right. Yeah. So, you have to have the right personality. Like I'd rather hire the, someone with zero experience with the right personality. A hundred percent. Cause that's what you're dealing with every day. Same yeah. thing with clients. If you meet a client, like sometimes I meet clients and I'm like, uh, I'm going to be dating you for the next, you know, yeah. year to two years. And I don't think I want to be in those relationships. <laughs> But you meet other people and you're like, oh, this is like a no brainer. Mm -hmm. Like we blend, but it's going to be the same thing with anybody who works. But I just feel like kind of having that drive in anything when you're creating, you need other people to feed you too, you know? So you need energy. I can't stand walking into an office, which I've been in um, all over. And you just feel like you're walking into a damn cemetery Mm -hmm. and you're like, everybody's fucking miserable. Um, what is happening here? Are you all okay? Like blank twice if you need to be saved because this is scary. But I just, you know, I walk into somewhere and I don't want that energy mm-hmm. and I don't want like negative shit. So it's like, I have a lot of stuff that happens chaotically all the time. As you know, on projects, it's like one fire after the next. Yeah. Everything's a disaster. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, let's clean this up. <laughs> but yeah. you don't want to walk into an office and be like, damn, this is depressing. Yeah, Like what happened to everybody here? Yeah. <laughs> 40 plus hours, you know, if you're working more, but mm-hmm. I, I always think it's, pers- I know I've probably said personality. You could have a counter on it a hundred times, but I really think relationships with clients and subcontractors mm-hmm. and anybody that you're working with, it's gotta be a good energy or it's not worth it. It's like, why do I want to deal with somebody who's miserable all day? Right. You're like, everything's a problem, which, you know, in cabinetry, yeah. <laughs> there are people out there who do yeah. that, but mm-hmm. it's like, everything's a problem. If I'm designing something and I'm trying to work with somebody, whether it be stone, cabinetry, tile, wall covering, anything. And somebody's like, well, let me tell you why this is all an issue. And it's like, okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> and you, I entertain it because, you know, a female working with men, you have to kind of entertain yep. a lot of shit, but um, I'll entertain it for a little bit and then be like, okay, well, 
this is how here's the reasons why here's <laughs> the reasons. And maybe this is how I could like alleviate some of your negativity about mm-hmm. it. But clients don't want to hear the problems. Clients don't want you to be saying like, Oh, we can't design this or we can't do that. Or you're going to need this or talk to me about that. Like, don't say that. And I've had obviously situations where, um, people get into it where like the clients don't want them back in their house yeah. or, oh, yeah. <laughs> or they just I don't want to talk that to that's them. Happened to you a couple times. <laughs> But it's, it's all about kind of perception and everybody wants their project to go smoothly. There's always mm-hmm. problems. So it's how you deal with them and how you talk about them that either leaves people feeling good about working with you or leaves people feeling like, yeah. what the fuck? To build off of sort of what you just said, uh, something that people found really interesting when we had Jacqueline, uh, the other interior designer on, mm-hmm. were like, what do you look for? So these are all a bunch of cabinet makers and woodworkers for the most part listening. Yes how can they find interior designers to work with and what should they do? What, what are interior designers and architects looking for from these people? You know, what can give them an edge? Well, me personality, if you suck, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to work with you. Um, But if you have somebody who works for you, that's great. Mm -hmm. You know, um, who has a personality. And I really look at that first because, you know, I want to make a product, right? If you have a great personality and you're putting out shit, you're not going to get any jobs. Right. Uh, but you probably won't be in business. So mm-hmm. it's that. But I think if you come at something where you're always trying to help elevate the project or the piece or whatever I'm coming to you for, uh, that's number one for me. Uh, number two is, which I know is really tough for everybody, including myself, but you really need to take photographs of what you work on. Yeah. Um, far away pictures and close up. <laughs> I know that's an issue because, uh, you know, a lot of woodworkers, contractors and everything like to get in tight to details, mm-hmm. which is awesome. But there needs to be like reference. I need to right. see the whole thing. So really photographs. And, uh, you know, I worked with on my last project that or white opal, the first side. I waited a long time to have that photographed. And then I worked with a good photographer. Um, his name's Simon. And he's great. You just have to find people to if you can't photograph yourself. Yeah which I can, but (laughs) I don't have the time (laughs) and Simon's awesome, but um, you have to have other people do it for you Mm -hmm. and you have to do it. I feel like during the process so that I could see kind of what you're putting out there. Cause if I've never worked with you before, I have no frame of reference. Like you could show me like one little snap of something. I'm like, what did it take to get there? (laughs) You know, was this a miracle project where everything else looked like shit and you're only showing me like two, you know, little shots of it. Um, But I want to see that. I want visuals. You know, if you have examples, I'm not going to want to, you know, some of the old school guys want you to go to like clients' houses and shit. Yeah. I ain't doing that. You've I'm not going to anybody's like, house. You could use this as a reference. I'm like, I'm not going to send somebody to your house. No, I hate that. And first of all, like I get why back in the day you would do that. Um, hell no. Yeah. I don't want to go back to some, take time out of my day to go to some client's house. Who's going to feel awkward as fuck mm-hmm. with you walking in and just looking their stuff. You can't say anything that you would want to say. Like, you know, this is their baby. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, you know, their stylistic choices, like what oh, they live everything. on. everything. Yeah. And, you know, I have a disease. So everything, I don't like when people ask me, oh, what do you think? I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like, and sometimes it could be great, but I'm not going to, I don't want to have to give you my real opinion of some stuff because mm-hmm. I don't know what got you to that decision either. So even if it's just the cabinet worker working with me and walking me through and they're just an earshot like the client, like, 
it could have been them driving a certain decision where you want to do it. We all fall into it, right? Like where the person is really pushing a specific oh, yeah. design aesthetic yep. and you're like, okay, well there's no other choice, but I've tried to talk you out of it. <laughs> We've had jobs that have like been built around just like a piece of hardware. And it's like, 100%. we had to make all of these concessions yes. in the design yeah. with height and this and that because of this one thing. And it's like, man, if we had just like used a different one, <laughs> Right. This would have been so much better. A hundred percent. And so I don't like that doing in-person stuff. Um, I do love seeing samples of things like coming into the shop, obviously mm-hmm. never an issue for me. Um, so if somebody wanted, like if for some reason I got introduced to somebody new and they're like, come to the shop, I'll show you some stuff we're working on. A hundred percent. I'm going. There's some people who are just desk jockeys and don't want to leave. Yeah. As you know, I am constantly driving to job sites and being on site all the time. (laughs) So I like that kind of interaction. I want to see what you do. I appreciate the craftsmanship. I appreciate the level of detail and work that you guys put in. I want to see that, you know, because a client might not appreciate it. They like the finished product, but like, I appreciate the whole entire thing. So I want to see it as much as I can, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, So for new guys, that's what like trying to get bids and, um, on the docket. That's kind of like what I would do. If there's a commercial job, that's really easy to like, you could be like, Oh, we did white opal, go check it out. You right, know, like, it's just open or to go the to their, like can... I'm on social media. I could mm-hmm. just go to their website and I could take like little looks and stuff like that and see. Um, and for me working with new people, it really is based on the project. If I have a client that is a diehard client and I kind of know their level of expectation, I'm not probably going to risk it yeah. on something like that. Like I have, again, a few really great clients and I only bring you on, I brought you on to the one project. Mm -hmm. I only bring you on if I know that I could guarantee you're not going to screw me (laughs) because I don't want you to look bad. I don't want me to look bad. I, you know, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. So on a project for a seasoned client, it's rare that I bring somebody on. Obviously you guys, I was super confident. Obviously I've seen your work a million times before you even started cabinetry. tree. So I was good with all that. Mm Uh, but bring a new person, I probably wouldn't do that. I would probably test them out on a new client, um, depending on what I saw. If I thought like, oh, this could probably be good, probably something smaller, maybe a kitchen, you know, things like that. Yeah, like we're not going to try some brand new material that's like totally outside of no. on, on like a you know. And you wouldn't want me to if you were the client. Yeah. Like you want to be. Oh, you just met these people. Like, are you sure? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I never use these guys, but I think they're they'd be great. But if they have lot of exposure. And again, yeah. I know it's like running another business, right? Like socials and mm-hmm. websites and all of that stuff. But I'm not even saying um, you have to have it a pretty picture on Instagram, you know, like send me pictures that you have of just a project or a yep. link to pr- pictures. It doesn't have to be like, you know, photo ready um, to post on a social, but I want to see it. And that could kind of tell me like, uh, you know, plus personality. And then of course, cost. (laughs) So that's huge. And again, depending on the level of client, some people are very concerned with their budget. I have a lot of clients who uh, don't mind and are willing to pay for what I tell them is quality Mm -hmm. or the level of quality that they're looking for. So some people don't question it, but a lot of people are trying to save and, you know, want something quick and down and dirty and they get the level that they're looking for. (laughs) I think it's important as, uh, as cabinet makers to be flexible too, where like we can't just design every job and expect to do every job frame in set solid wood. No, you know, of like, course not. You and need to be that's flexible. That's a hurdle that you usually hop very soon. Yeah. Um, from starting, but even in design, right? Like I'd love to 
not care about a fucking budget mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. You know, like, you don't have a budget. Perfect. Yeah, I can do whatever I dream yeah, of. That's the like, art thing. Like, awesome. Yeah. yeah, of course. But you know, reality for some people are tighter than others. And, um, but key is flexibility. Mm-hmm. That's even with communication, yeah. right? Like I, I mean, and I'm sure you, you could say if I'm wrong, but I like to make sure that I'm always available for people, especially subcontractors. Cause I know what it's like to be on a job and have oh, to yeah. wait for people to respond to you or like get to you. So being available and then on my end being flexible too. Like if you call me and you say, Hey Lindsay, like, this isn't going to work or there's something that we didn't realize the material is gone <laughs> <laughs> or our material that twice you <laughs> Two wanted yeah, is no longer <laughs> here. Um, but, and you're not able to get in contact with people like suppliers and things like that. Like mm-hmm. my job is to be flexible and find solutions. So yeah. I have to, of course I'm going to find a solution that I think looks the way I need it to look too. Yeah. Um, but at which I try to do as fast as possible, but I think that's key. Cause if you're not flexible, like, what are you doing? You're just creating more problems. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's some things that I'm like, no, I need it to look like that. How can we get it there? But that's still being flexible. You know, like yeah. you're just not saying Jeff, go find it. Right. Like, Oh, they don't have it in the side of America. Go find it. You know, <laughs> like what's your problem? <clears throat> Cause it hurts everybody. You know, it's, it's hundred uh... percent. And it's not worth it. Like for what to, again, go back to being miserable. Like, yeah. <laughs> Cause then you make the job miserable. You make it. So now you're losing money. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting what I'm looking for. The client's not happy. The client's because... going to be unhappy. Time is going to be delayed. Yeah. Like, it's just not good. But flexibility I think is key. If you're not flexible, you probably shouldn't be working. Yeah. You know, definitely not talking to clients or designers or architects. Um, but I think, you know, at some point if you're good, you're going to be flexible and find something else that works, mm-hmm. you know, to get the job done. So uh, that part, flexibility is probably key. Uh, flexibility and communication. If you can't communicate, we're dead in the water. Yeah. And that's one thing I will say about you is, and you were just talking about it, like the speed of communication. You're, you're good I at try. getting back to us. We have other designers that we work with that it's like, they, you know, we use Basecamp and then it's like, send it on Basecamp. And it's like yeah. a week later, two weeks. I'm like, I just asked about this outlet. Like right. it's a super Help simple, me. they're like, oh, ping the client. And I'm like, I'd be on the, I'm like, just give me the client's phone number. I'll be on the, the phone. They're like, let's just get an answer so that yeah. we can progress this job. But, and then you get exposed to people, you know, um, kind of what that's like, but the difference between caring and not caring, right. Not coming for base camp or any other program, but I have, I have, I <laughs> have, I have a cell phone. Yeah. Text me not to you say any time of day. I will get your message 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. I might not respond to you, you know, if I get it at midnight till the next day, clients, if you're listening, um, but I'm going to respond to you because you, what are you doing? You're stopping everybody from working. Like to, for me to have to go through so many gates to get to you is silly. Now I have yeah. clients who don't want to be contacted like, and I get it. They're at a level where they don't need to be contacted, but then I have to be available. Right. Or have somebody who's going to be available for them because, again, everybody wants to have the project come out the way they want it on time. You don't want to spend more money than you have to, mm-hmm. but you want to be able to make money. And that's responsiveness is key to that. <laughs> like, there's no way that you could, like, a week, I would die. Like, if I didn't respond to something oh, yeah. in a week, and I tell my clients too, because sometimes I get a trillion texts a day, I'm like, if you don't hear from me, I'm going to say a couple hours. You know, I didn't get your message. <laughs> just 
just send another one. Like, just resend it or just be like, hey, still here, you know? Like, oh, yeah. I would like, I'd like, you know, I'd just type bump and yeah. bump, <laughs> bump it up to the top. I'm like. A hundred percent. Like, can't I, like, just drive me insane. But responsiveness, I think, is key and communication is key. And really, it's the difference between being a good person to work with or being a bad person to work with, right? Because yeah. at the end of the day, we're all in it for the same reason. Mm-hmm. We all, well, I should well, say we all are. Yeah. Some. some of us <laughs> are in it for the same reason. And why wouldn't you want to help a teammate out? You know, like you want it to be as good as you can get it. Mm-hmm. I want it to be as good as you can get it. Like there's no reason not to respond to people. And yeah. for something, especially as small as that, I mean, I would respond to everything, but an outlet, like, you know, come on. Yeah. Even with our little string outlet the other day. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that string actually got pulled back. I know, I listened to your podcast. Oh I, heard, I was laughing. I was like, oh my God, what a nightmare. Yeah, but we're about to leave. Things like that pop up all the time. I was like. <laughs> Where's our string? <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, there's only one end of this string. Yeah, that's rough. But, you know, um, for somebody working, let's just say you're working with a new designer or architect or anything like that, always being available Mm -hmm. within reason, obviously, but available for questions, like not making, I always find, again, it's a little bit different. I'm not a feminist, but it's a little bit different if you're female talking Mm -hmm. to guys, um, just because sometimes they want to make you feel stupid Yeah, and you're, you kind of have the power to allow them to think that, you know, they're teaching you something because some guys need that. Um, but at the end of the day, I need an answer to the question, you know, (laughs) so if you want to, you know, me to giggle at your jokes and make you feel like you're funny, fine, but I need the answer. So being able to communicate that and having kind of like an open communication, I think is key at a new job. It's a little bit harder just because you're kind of feeling everybody out. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what else would help them. I would say social media initially, but yeah, I usually get people from kind of just like the network, the network of, the network of yeah. people just knowing somebody or being on a job where a client wants to bring somebody in and you get really lucky that they don't suck, yeah. you know, like, and you're like, Oh, wait a minute. Like you're actually good. Where have you been hiding? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. Cause a lot of guys are just too busy to like, and they don't really need the marketing, yeah. you know? So I would just say imagery, communication, and personality is kind of what Mm -hmm. I'm looking for. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think the, uh, we've talked about it before, like perceived value, you know, like when you're on the job site, you know, make it look like you know what you're doing, you know? Oh my God. (laughs) Well, that should be, I mean, you learn that when you're seven, right? Like fake it till you make it, bro. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) A hundred percent. And especially in front of, uh, specific people, mm-hmm. like I would say you're not going to act your true self in front of a client. You know, if you're running Smart. off the rails, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's going to raise some flags and then people lose confidence in yep. all your stuff. So you have to look like, you know what you're doing and ask the right questions. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause it all comes down to that. Even, um, you know, in architectural drawing, right. If you're not asking whoever is above you a question, you look like an asshole, right? Because they're there mm-hmm. a desk away sometimes. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you ask me instead? Fuck up. So in like three months from now, we have a real a problem. problem. So yeah. you don't feel like you don't know something like that's <laughs> ridiculous to me. Yep. So um, that goes with everything. And I always like, I guess it's how you respond to it too. Like if somebody's coming to me and they're like, 
Lindsay, this is going to be a problem. And I'm like, fuck you, make it work. <laughs> you know, like then you're not going to get a couple of questions right. after that. But um, I always think that if you let people tell you what the issues are and you don't blow it out of proportion, because everything could be fixed. Yeah. Um, it always is better in the end because they're not hiding shit from you, which happens a lot mm -hmm. in construction um, and then life. But, <laughs> you know, they're not hiding stuff from you or lying to you about something because they're not scared to tell you. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not scared of losing money they're, for the most part. They're not scared that you're going to be an asshole and they're not scared you're going to make them look bad. So, again, not to say it in front of a client, of course, but bring it to me, call me, yeah. you know, like, let me know what the issue is so we could fix it and make ourselves look good too like and not look like you're falling apart <laughs> yeah there's nothing you know that That's looks worse. worse than someone someone finding something that you 100 you know, i try and overshare everything it's like that's, you know, I mean, this was supposed to be here, but it ended up here. Just letting you know, it's I an eighth inch on, you know. <laughs> knowing, you know, so that if I'm ever, because the, so that's the worst fear for you guys, right? Where somebody's like. The client finds it and then you have to explain it. You didn't know about I'm it. I'm the in-between. Yeah. And I have no clue. Mm -hmm. And not that I can't fly, off, you yeah. know, from the seat of my pants, but it's also, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus. If it was something that A, couldn't be avoided um, or B, they, they missed. Or, you know, it depends on the situation, but, you know, I'm always trying to raise everybody up. So I'm mm -hmm. not going to be like, well, these fucking cabinet guys, like, yeah, ugh, right. you just can't deal with them. It's like, <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, those are your guys. You brought them on. <laughs> what are you talking about? But, um, yeah, you want everybody to look good. I mean, at least I want everybody to look good and I want them to be happy. So if I know about it in advance and you're like, well, this was the issue. That's why this is like this. Okay. I could deal with it. Right. Like, or even on white opal with the the larger gap and we figured out, you know, how to get it yeah. closer to that didn't need to be a problem, right? Mm -hmm. Patsy and Joey didn't need to be like, what? You know, like they have no idea. It looks great. I mean, they don't know because of course they're listening as well right. all the way through this. But um, <laughs> you know, the breast detail, phenomenal solution. Yeah, I don't think I saw a picture of it yet. I didn't either. Uh, Rob but, uh, he had a send me a close up, but not a Again, so I'm telling you, close up, shot. and you need wide shots, but <clears throat> we'll, have to, we'll, have, we'll pop in. Uh, Rob, for come a on! <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna have it photographed, so obviously you could share the photos and stuff. Um, but that is like the difference is if I know there's a problem or just a change, and I need to get it to where I need it. Like we could work together very easily to come up with a solution. That one wound up being great, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like. But sometimes they're not great. And then you have to explain this to the client. Um, but some things are just like silly stuff that we would see. And no other human is going to see that. Yeah. You know, like because everything, you know, all the details being our whole lives, we look at everything. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I can't walk into a restaurant and not look at stuff and oh, be okay. like. And they're usually the worst. <sighs> the worst. <laughs> um, but, you know, everybody's trying to save a dollar. But yeah. um, you walk in and you see it and like if somebody asked us, we would then rattle off all the shit that we saw from walking into the door to sitting down at our booth mm -hmm. to going to the bathroom to everything. But other people are walking in and go like, wow, this place is great. I love yep. the vibe. I love this. Same thing happens in houses too. Like if people like walk through. Casing is baseboard there. There's a huge <laughs> gap over here. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Um, you went to Home Depot for your cabinets. Great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They look phenomenal. But just stuff like that. Like we have a disease. But if it's small little things like that, the client's not going to care. Mm -hmm. But if it's big and then it gets brought to my attention, then I have to either be like, yeah, that does look bad. I'm not really sure what happened there. I'll have to reach out to them. It still doesn't look bad for you. 
Yeah. I mean, it still doesn't look good for you. Sorry. It still doesn't look good for you. So and yeah, the clients in this state of limbo where they're like, oh, and then, well, then they start questioning everything. Right, and then it's just going. like, oh, there goes the band aid. Now every single little inch of that mm-hmm. is going to be a problem. When yeah. it didn't have to be. Cause if you would have told me I have, you know, the ability to shift those waves mm-hmm. to where they need to go. Yeah. But it's always better. I think to tell now there's a certain point where, you know, if it's like intensely about a 16th of an inch, you'd be like, let it go. Right. You know, but that's just to them. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not to everybody. But the worst part is when people are hiding stuff and, you know, changing things without telling you. Oh, yeah. You know, having breaking things and trying to get you to say that it's fixed. <laughs> Shit like that, like I'm not into. <laughs> using, you know, using inferior material that wasn't That's like, the worst. We said we were going to do it this way, but then well, we really did it this way, but nobody's going to know. And you quoted it, yeah. and now you're upset because you misquoted it or you, you know, it's taking you longer mm-hmm. or like whatever, and you don't want to eat it at a certain point, and now you start trying to use, you know, Junk. shit. Yeah. So that's their fault, but it makes you look bad in the end because at the end, the client in a year or two months or whatever is going to call you and be like, what the fuck? Yeah. We found out that why isn't this wall wheeling, (laughs) you know, like shit like that. But, and see, so like seams, details like that, like you want to pay attention to, because if they don't see it right away, they're going to wind up seeing it down the road if it's big. Yeah. It's going to start to collect dust and then it's really going (laughs) to. Yeah, (laughs) but you know, time always either kills you or lets people be happy. Mm -hmm. But hiding shit is not cool. Yeah, so don't hide stuff. Don't uh, hide stuff and don't lie. Save that for your wives. Good tips. (laughs) Yeah, good tips for for keeping clients too. Well, and keeping the relationship with anybody. Like I have to keep relationships with you guys Mm -hmm. and stone guys and tile guys and you know all that stuff. If you don't have a good relationship, you're not going to get people to respond to you. So it's very important through the whole project and just in business, right? Like I can't be like, Oh, I have nobody to talk to anymore. Like, Oh, do you have somebody to do this kitchen? Actually, I don't, you know, because the relationship sucks and now I have to look for new people. Mm -hmm. Like it sucks. Yeah. And a point to like, you know, being on, on site and, and, you know, perceive value and, and doing a good job. Like Rosero for, for example, you know, we did, I don't know, two or three jobs for Andy after that, you know? It's 100%. Like, so you show up to the job, you look professional, you do a good job. Well, and you're personable. Yeah. You guys don't have a problem with that. Some people are just odd ducks, yeah, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. Not anyone, we're not talking, talking about anyone <laughs> no in particular. specifically, if you're a longtime listener. Um, but, you know, there are people who just don't have a personality and clients read that and yeah. so do other people. So. It, it's customer service. I mean, 100%. we talk about how coming from the restaurant industry, um, you know, like I worked in fine dining for like 10 years before I ever picked up a hammer. A hammer. Oh my um, God. I couldn't imagine working in restaurants. Yeah. It's, it's the Brutal, par- parallels sure. are insane. Yeah. Um, like it's all about customer service with the client and like the smoke and mirrors thing, fake it till you make it. It's all, you know, and when there's a huge issue, like you're on site, you're installing and you run into something and you're like, oh, fuck, like this is bad. You have right. to just make it seem like it's not a big deal. You know, And then deal with it. Yeah. So that's the difference if you're, you know, faking it till you make it, but you're not learning. Mm-hmm. You're dead too. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to fake it till you make it, then figure it out. If right. you don't figure it out, <laughs> that's the part that yeah. then tanks you. Then you're just faking it. Yeah. <laughs> then you're just faking it and then people are going to be upset. <laughs> oh my God. But you have to have that follow up. For yeah. sure. But 
You know, I would say, I mean, there are nightmare stories, but there are a lot fewer nightmare stories than there are, you know, great stories and people have great experiences and, you know, all of that. But I mean, the kitchen and Rosero came out phenomenal. Yeah. Um, that just because it triggered my brain, I'm like, so pretty. Um, but you have to, you know, I, I just don't know. I think it always boils down to customer service, but that's like in anything that you're going to be successful in. Right. So if you're selling ice cream mm-hmm. and you're an asshole, you're an asshole selling ice cream. Right. <laughs> you're not going to do good. But if you're, you know, at least have some level of being able to talk to people like that's inherent, right? Like you're born with that. You either know how to be social or you Mm -hmm. don't. If you don't, that's fine. Get somebody social to work for you though, so that they could be the kind of contact and, you know, um, keep you growing because you're not going to, if you don't have anybody who could talk to somebody. Yeah. Like I'll say, I won't say who the (laughs) client was, but we had, someone else who was involved in a job that we were doing with you. Mm-hmm. And they were like, Oh man, this client, she's a real, some, mm-hmm. you know, you know what? And then like we show up and they love you. If you put out the right energy, you know, I'm like hundred percent like this lady's cool. I'm like, she was totally cool to us. Like, <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's what happens in any, in life in general, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're um, coming at somebody combatively or not even combatively, like, but you put up a certain energy. Um, not that I'm like into energy. And yeah, crystals, they're going to match it. They're going to match you or they're going to feel like you're trying to get over on them mm-hmm. or they're going to feel like you're hiding something or people pick up on that all the time. And if I'm like, like I said, I'm on job sites a lot. So it's very easy for me to, if somebody has that kind of personality, uh, talk a client through it and kind of let them know without being like, yo, this guy's just a weirdo. Yeah. Like, don't <laughs> worry about it. He's been smelling too many fumes, you know, like, but it's easy for me to do that if I'm there and witnessing it. And I know that the guy's a good guy. He just had an off day or like yeah. can't talk to people or like whatever. But if you're flying on your own and you have nobody to help you out, like. Yeah. Like someone just cold calls you <laughs> and you go over to measure the job and you're and like. And you're a weirdo. Yeah. Like it's a problem. Good luck. Yeah, you better have a really good price. <laughs> <laughs> really, really low. Um, or like I said, for people who find themselves, because some people just don't have that kind of personality where they could talk to people, get somebody who does like, and let them do the talking. There is no reason that you can't use somebody else to wherever you're lacking to throw somebody in there because it will help you. Yeah. Like, cause everything from any job from target to, you know, these big CEOs is all about personality. Mm -hmm. Like people all the way up there aren't doing much physical stuff. You know, (laughs) they're uh, just know how to talk to people and manage people. And, Hopefully, if they're good, <laughs> know how to manage people. Yeah. But some people get there by luck. But, you know, it's all about that and kind of being the best at whatever you do. And if you can't do a certain aspect of it, no shame and getting somebody to help you out. And I try to do that, again, coming from, I have a different kind of mindset than most interior designers, um, blanket statement. Because I'm coming from a background of, you know, architecture, which is, you're just at a different level of knowing things Mm -hmm. and you're concerned about not only like an interior decorator, for instance, you know, the cursed word, (laughs) but that's like a real, yeah, that's like harsh. uh, You want to insult somebody, call them a decorator uh, if they're a designer, Mm -hmm. but um, the interior decorator is really only concerned about finishes. What looks pretty in their minds, Mm -hmm. um, shit like that, which is, not an interior designer. I'm sure you, 
the girl that you had um, here previous would say the same thing. Mm-hmm. But when you're a designer, you're concerned about more things like functionality, yep. um, you know, from architecture, safety in the space, ADA requirements, like not only what looks good, like what is functional, what meets code. Mm-hmm. Um, you care about the other trades that are involved. You're not like, well, they'll have to figure it the fuck out. Like yeah. I want this to be some wild snaky curve and I don't care if the material is straight and can't <laughs> bend. Sorry, bitch. Like you're not going to do that. But like you care about the whole process because you want it to come from your germ of an idea mm-hmm. and then come out to something like dope. So um, design is really more layered than decorating, which is, you know, again, important for contractors to know. Not every female that walks on your job site that says they're a designer is a designer. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's usually where the bad blood comes from. Like, because people always think, oh, interior designers. And I feel like architects, some some contractors also have like a chip on their shoulder about because they think you're going to come in and make the job more complicated or take money away from them or whatever nonsense they've thought up. You're a problem, right? Instead of part of a team. And again, I'm not talking for all contractors. We know people who are not like that, but you become a problem. So any, again, not to go back to the female thing, but any female walking on the state, they're like, Oh, a decorator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. They're just going to, they're going to be like, change this, do this. And if you're good at what you do, that's not the vibe you leave with. Obviously you're going to get that initially, but um, people know that they could, they wind up using you for more than you're getting paid for. Mm -hmm. And um, they know that you're going to come through. And that's really similar to what I'm saying about like personality. That's the follow through, right? You could fake it till you make it, but you're going to show everybody what you're capable of or not capable of. So a designer is going to think a lot more about, you know, functionality, how it's being built I come from the architectural side too. So I'm not only concerned about, you know, the interior shell, I I want the whole entire thing to make sense. Mm -hmm. So even if I don't get the architectural, you know, um, I'm not working on it anymore uh, until I get my license. But uh, if I'm not working on that aspect, I know enough about that aspect where I'm going to want the architecture and the interior design to sing together. So there's no point in trying to fight it, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, same thing with clients if they want, specific things I'm sure in cabinetry and stuff you can't fight everybody not everybody's going to be in my world contemporary yeah. gorgeous mm-hmm. material <laughs> you know like that kind of thing some people like traditional and some people like craftsman and you got to kind of know what's good about those aspects too and be yep. able to achieve that too not just put you put your own thing on it yeah. which you do anyway but it's just a matter of um where you're coming from and you have to know who the worker is like Obviously, any natural project or any furniture wouldn't even blink an eye at worrying about, like, you guys doing it. Some people, I'd be like, ooh, can they do that? (laughs) You know, they've been working in (laughs) PLAM for a long time. (laughs) So, um, you know, you have to know everybody and what they're good at. But I'm, I'm, you know, it just, again, comes back to knowing who you're working with and kind of their level of knowledge. Yeah, the moral of the story is just do a good job. Just, do, a, you know. do a good job at what you're doing. Yeah. And you'll <laughs> but be also successful. know that there's different people who are masked under the facade of design. Yeah. But you could, I mean, I could tell them very quickly once you start talking to them, if they're just putting some pretty pictures together and they have no concept of how it's going to come to life. <laughs> right. It's like if you've never given me a drawing of something. <laughs> right. It's like you've only sent me pictures of things. 
You're like, like can I we make this like, like 24 this? by 36 by? Yeah. I, I mean, you know the difference. And I'm sure the guys that are listening know the difference too of who they're dealing with. Yeah. We had a, a designer. I don't really know if they have any. I think they 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 came to the old shop, her and, and her business partner, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I drew a bunch of stuff, blah, blah. And then they like ghosted us. Oh. And then they came back out of the woodwork like uh-huh. two weeks ago. And I'm like, eh, beginning of the year. I'm like, we could you know, stand to fill up the schedule. I'm like, I'll just draw this one thing, send a price, no response. I'm like, why did I even? <laughs> yeah. Put your energy into yeah. it. I know. That's and now of, I'm like, I want to send an email. Like, how come you didn't email me back? What's your problem? Not even worth it. I'm because not, I'm not gonna. God forbid you convince her to continue to work with you. Yeah. <laughs> what it is, is that people are going to steal, you know, uh, your design or mm-hmm. steal your information and try to like low ball and go to somebody else. Those people you don't want anyway. Yeah. Like, so, okay, you got away with my concept. Go fucking achieve it because you ain't going to do it. Yeah. Like, because we look at detail and the drawings don't show all the detail of what how it needs to be made or what you need to produce the room that you think you're going to get from my pictures. Mm-hmm. So, like, good luck, bitch. Well, we just talked about that, how a client, you know, we had a designer as an intermediary, but the client stole my drawings and of sent them They'll to do it. another yeah. cabinet maker. Who I know. Of course. And he, a, a little teaching of it's a small world is yeah. true. <laughs> and I'm like, how are you going to build this vanity for this price? He's like, and, you know, it became this whole thing. And I ended up charging him for drawings, which I should have charged like three or four times more than I did. But you also I don't want to burn, burn him. You know? or, yeah. Or the designer because, you know, yeah, it wasn't framework. them who did it. Yeah. yeah. But you'll have clients that are like that though, that are so headstrong that they're like, I could get this for less. And it's like, okay, go do it. Like, I'm not going to help you do it though. Yeah. Like if you want to price out cabinetry and like, you know, I had a client who commercial client who knew someone and wanted to do their service area with that person. Great. But I'm not going to freely give you all the information that they're going to need because they don't usually do commercial work right. or like stuff like that. And I'll do a little bit cause I care about the client, but I'm not going to go to the extent that I would, if I was working with you and mm-hmm. getting you specific drawings and information, because it's not that I'm getting money from you to work with you. It's that we have a relationship. Right. So if you're going to use somebody else and you want to quote unquote, save money, you're getting what they produce, you right. know, like I'm not here to save my, you money on yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, and then not get paid, you yeah. know, um, not that that's what happened with that, but that's what will happen if you just let people keep taking. But, um, you know, it, that boils down to the client and if they're going to be good clients or they're going to be assholes and mm-hmm. that's kind of what happens. And I think for the most part, again, this is based on the person you're working with, but if the des- designer is honest and trustworthy, like they will tell you this is getting bid out. They're taking it on their own, you know, and it, that's straight up front. Like mm-hmm. I, that's what I do. At least if I know that they're going to do that, sometimes it happens later. Like you're saying, like they get the price and then they're like, fuck, we can't afford that, but we still want this. And then they think that they could do it themselves. I'll tell you that too. Yeah. Like, um, and that's not to burn the client. It's just about like, I am not involved in that. Like if they're going to dumb it down and you're going to see, you know, Pictures of their janky ass shit. Yeah, it's going to be a facsimile <laughs> of what, you know, what you initially 100%. designed. We had a client, we're building a, a little window, like a bay window, little bench. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, he's got a GC in the job that's doing all the work. And he's like, yeah, you know, so-and-so's guy said, just, yeah, yeah, just show me what they designed and I'll build it, you know, for the same price or for less. I'm like, <laughs> it's not going to be the same thing. But he's it's gonna- not that kind of business, right? It's not like 
Um, it's a fight to the bottom, you know, a hundred percent, a race to the bottom. Yeah, and it's not like something where it's just like, oh, I have that shirt too. I'm selling. Like I could sell you that for this amount. Yeah, it's not the same. This is like, you know, it's a man-made. So. Yeah, you know, this guy's gonna do it on site with finger jointed pine, and they're gonna paint it with a brush. The product and, is gonna look very different. Yeah, and we saw some other work that oh we bid on, like some beams and like a mantle. Uh -huh. And uh, we ended up doing just the mud room, and now we're doing this bench. But we, when we went to the site, we're like looking, we're like, mm hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I mean, that's what we do all day, right? Like, because yeah. sometimes we also get put in the middle of a lot of, you know, relationships on site. <laughs> and sometimes you just can't, like, the client is just pushing one direction and you just can't help it, right? Like, they're going to do what they're going to do. And, you know, they're going to bring in their own tile guy and not yeah. listen to you. Here's the rope. And not use, yeah. <laughs> and not use John, who I would only use. Yeah. Um, but it's just what it is. And, uh, you know, that's why I like to have open communication with the people I work. Because if I have to bring you in to save the day on a different piece, like, I want you to know, like, this wasn't me giving away your right. money. Like, yeah, I didn't find some other guy. A hundred percent. And I mean, some designers do have where they add percentages in and stuff like that. And they do have kind of skin in that game. I don't do that. I not that one day I never will, but at this point, I just don't like the feeling of that. Um, I want the product to come out how I want it to come out, and I want to use the best person. I don't want to have to mark that up. We've had designers for like, the communication. The client wants to go directly through you, but can you like tack on like extra like fifteen percent for? Doesn't us? that feel shitty though? Yeah, and then it's I like have dirty. to like broker this like this secret deal and then like disperse I, money. Out. I have like, no time for that. I'm like, shit. I don't like this. There is enough out here for everybody to make money. You know, yeah, like, it's like it's not my fault that you didn't charge correctly for your work. A hundred percent. And that's why it's like you get I like to get paid for the work that I'm doing. Or you can't you don't you can't have you the hard conversation the with the client that says you can go directly through them, but I need to charge you for Hourly for communication. Yeah, I mean, I came up with some of the ideas, blah, blah, blah. I got to, you know. That's, and depending on the client, that could be a difficult situation. Yeah. But still, then I'm just like, okay. Like, then, sorry. Sorry, that's just what's going to happen. Like, as far as I would say in that kind of situation, even if I did the design already, which is typical, um, I would say any kind of communication back, either from them or from you guys, I have to charge hourly for because mm -hmm. time is money, right? Like, right. so if, and usually if I need a site visit or something like that, like you're going to be billed. And I would say nine times out of 10, they're cool with that um, because also they have the misconception that they will be saving money because they're like, oh, well, it'll just be for however many how much time she spends. Well, if your guy really fucking sucks, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of time yeah. and it's going to be painful for you. But, you know, that's all part of the game. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like it's so like it's not even slimy because that's kind of how the industry operates for a large part and i get why people are attracted to that but for me it doesn't feel good so i don't do it like yeah. i just like pay me for what i do and if it's the time that i spend doing it to help you get to where you are great i'm not adding a percentage on mm -hmm. like to that and i get uh where i feel more which i don't do yet but where i feel more comfortable with that is if i'm purchasing product for you yeah but again um and i know a lot of designers are percentage on top of that, which again is just one model. Um, I still feel better charging for my time for that because really when it comes down to furniture, you could charge a percentage. Let's just say you're charging 20% on top of it. Some furniture becomes a nightmare. Yeah, You're well, waiting. There's some furniture that I have so much communication where I want to blow my brains out, you know, like trying to get this piece mm -hmm. to them. And then there's other things that are nothing. 
So I know people think it balances out, but sometimes it really doesn't. So it's like, pay me for my time and whatever it takes to get this piece to you. And you get my discount or you get whatever you're getting, you know, if it's for list or not. Um, but I'm not adding anything to that. And like, if you want the best for the client and there's this really nice piece, let's say it costs $5,000, mm-hmm. you're going to put 20% on top of that. And now it's out of reach for the client. Well, and Wouldn't also you rather some pieces they have... could just purchase themselves. So what are yeah. they going to do? They're going to go online because that's what everybody does now. Mm-hmm. And they're going to type it in or steal your picture like, and throw it online. 7,500 bucks for this. I could go to, you know, whatever store or whatever site and get it for this much. Why are you charging me more than that? Mm-hmm. And I get it's, there's a lot that goes into ordering furniture. So I'm not saying that they don't deserve uh, money for doing that work because work is work. Right. And, but I just like, then I'll charge you hourly. Like, I don't want you to pay more than other people. I just want you to charge, like pay for my time Mm -hmm. because my time is what's worth something, right? Like knowledge and time. So. Yeah. Cause it could take three times as long to procure something that costs half the price. So hundred percent. Yeah. It's just, it, and people get it. And typically with that, like, I feel like clients too, because some clients have worked with other designers who do that already, which is fine. Their project comes out fine and they pay whatever it is. But I think when you come, when I come from that kind of model currently, um, they feel like this kind of perception that you are looking out for them, right? Cause you are, mm-hmm. you are looking out for them and um, down the road, not sure if, you know, that'll stay the same with the price increases of, everything. Yeah. But, um, I think that if I don't feel good about it, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. So I, I couldn't imagine, you know, other parts of the industry that, you know, some contractors that just add and add and add. It's like the general con, you know, the 20, I don't know when it started, but the, the modern day general contractor who does nothing and That's all they painful. do is hire subs and they mark it up. And it's like, which, and managing people is doing something. Yeah. However, but they have to actually you know do those that. people. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, on a job that, you know, we were both on, um, general contractor that really has the client or me doing the managing of their subs is a problem because Mm -hmm. you're charging on top of it and that person is willing to pay that. However, now you have me doing the work or you have them doing the work. They're going to feel a certain kind of way about that. They might not at first, they might be like, Oh, I'm just helping out. Like, look at me involved in my project. But when people are spending (laughs) millions of dollars, they don't want to be that involved. Even if you think their wife wants to be involved, they don't want to be involved in that kind of level of detail. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't be talking to subs. They shouldn't be, you know, really scheduling people to come to the site. Like that's your job. That's what you're getting paid for. Um, We should all do exactly, you know, what we're there for, but it gets shitty because, and then you're like uh, coming from where I come from. It's like, you don't want to throw anybody under the bus because you are a team. However, if you have somebody who keeps failing and then you have to charge for that and then they're questioning you, it's like, hold on, this would typically be done by a GC. (laughs) (laughs) I know you guys think that you are one, but um, this is what, who does that work, you know? Uh, But again, that's education of the client and then Mm -hmm. perception. And if everybody's like rising with the tide or if people are just trying to drag you down or get something for nothing. I've had a lot of contractors who unfortunately are like, oh, well, can you go get this material? Oh, can you order this material? Oh, can you just do this? And I roll with it. But at some point it's like, hold on a second. Yeah. yeah, You let, you, know. you should be purchasing doors. Why am I purchasing doors and windows? Like you should be doing that. <laughs> like I, again, have no problem to helping out. But 
if I'm going to continue to work with you, like that's your job. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, if, if that's your MO as a GC, like it ain't great. You're going to burn a lot of bridges. A hundred percent. And it's know? like, you're going to, oh, just charge the client for your time. I'm like, yeah, but now I'm taking on your liability mm-hmm. of God forbid a door comes in wrong. You can't return that, you know, most of the time. Yeah. So it's like, you need to do your part too. And if you don't, if you can't do it, get somebody who can do it so that I'm not doing it. It's created this perception too from clients that's really, it's it's harmed all of the trades uh, where it's like, the trades are out to rip you off. You need to so watch bad. them like a hawk. You know, all and of these, they're kind of, all bad that's people. That's the energy you want going on when somebody's spending money. Right. You want them to be worried about people entering their house or mm-hmm. like somebody stealing from them or any of that. Like who? Or just like trying to rip you off. Like, you know, like well, selling, stealing, you know, right? well, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, saying that you're getting this, but you really get this, you know, the work is shoddy. I just don't understand the con. I mean, just because we're not shitty people, but like, I just don't understand that concept of like how you sleep. I don't sleep and I do what I think is the the best thing, but I don't know how people sleep at night doing stuff like that. Cause I mean, eventually they'll go out of business, but you hurt people all the way down the road Mm -hmm. and everybody else who comes in. Cause it's like, Oh, are you sure about this person? Oh, are you sure? Are you sure? And it's like, I'm going to put my neck on the line for somebody who was like, you know, "Mm." Yeah, they're like, well, he's 10% cheaper, so. (laughs) (laughs) Are you okay with that? (laughs) But it's just, you know, that's the the dirty end of it. But I would say, you know those people as soon as you meet them on a job site. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, ugh. Usually they're in like a GMC Sierra. (laughs) Not talking Denali, you know. uh, (laughs) They're not in a Toyota Tundra or a Toyota Tundra. (laughs) They're in like a, you know, a a $95,000 super clean pickup. Yeah. Uh, Well, my pickup is clean, so don't talk trash. Yeah. How dare you? It is now, though. It's nice. (laughs) Um, But you could tell those people as soon as you start talking to them, you're like, oh, God, this is going to be rough. Yeah. But hopefully you have enough pull where you're getting them to still do what you need. Yeah, and you get through that job and then, you know. Never see them again, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Not uh, speaking to anybody, uh, <laughs> South Jersey con- contractor that we had. Don't, yeah, don't read into any <laughs> any of these statements. Um, so what do you think? What, you got any closing remarks? Um, Closing remarks. Do your job. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. I Be think good. In the end, it's just about uh, cultivating the relationships, I think, as a whole on the job site. So even if it's, you know, a, a sub that you really have no interaction with, like as far as you're not, your work isn't infringing on it, anybody, but like having a good relationship with a stone guy, having mm-hmm. a good relationship, like even with an electrician or a plumber or something like that, just having that Rolodex of people and knowing who has a good relationship and who doesn't because everybody talks, right? It's just yeah. like in a hair salon. Everybody's going to talk. If somebody's going to bring a problem up to you when you're on a job site installing a cabinet, like, oh, I got this problem with this other part of my house. Like, you're going to have a guy you could give them or you're going to be like, oh, you should call this person or whatever. So word of mouth is kind of, I think, most important, word of mouth and reputation. So if you come off as a good person and you do your work well, even good enough, you know, (laughs) that you will get recommended for work and continue um, doing what you do. And I know we talked about a lot of negative aspects of it, but uh, there are a lot of good projects and there are a lot of good people to work with. And usually it just comes down to time and money that wreck it. (laughs) Well, it's like you were saying, like treat every job as a, as you're all a team, you know, like, you know, we go into a job. I don't know. I might not know who the plumber is 
who the electrician is, the painter, but you need to, instead of going in with this, uh, like contempt, which I see a lot, it's just like machismo kind of thing where it's like, Oh, the fucking painter or the fucking plumber, like go in with just the goal to give the client the best thing possible. And And like say hello to people. Yeah. (laughs) But like, you know, try, yeah. Try and help each other out. Is this in your way? You know, whatever, just treat it like everybody's a big team just trying to get this job done. That's key. I think in anything. Being a team and getting the project done, everybody making what they should make or getting recommendations to other things because clients talk, people Mm -hmm. who are in the trades talk. Like if you suck, people are going to know about it. And that goes, you know, GCs all the way down to the guy hanging a piece of artwork in your house. Like it matters. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not on job sites and, and other trades and people are saying, let me, you have a card, you know, hundred percent. you're doing something, something wrong, wrong because <laughs> the bar is so low. Yeah. That, there are um, a lot of people that are below that bar. <laughs> you know, you only need to put like a little bit of effort in to look like, you you know, yeah. Are worthy of being hired. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I think that's just key to everything. Try not to be at that low bar, like maybe a little bit above it. (laughs) But I think just making sure that you're not negatively opening up with anything negative. Mm -hmm. Because we know we could talk about negative stuff all day long because things happen at every job site. That's what you remember is that you remember the negative. But it's like you have like electricians that, oh, you know, this is going to be a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And like, don't do that. Think it and tell your guy that. Yeah, yeah. But like, don't put that out to everybody else. Um, try, even though if it feels fake, just try to like, just don't say anything then. Just say hello. <laughs> like, if you think it's going to suck. Yeah. But, you know, everybody wants the same thing at the end of the day. Clients want to know that they're spending their money and they're getting what they're looking for and having good people do it. They feel better when the people are nice that they're spending the money on. Mm-hmm. Um, just like you do working with them. Yeah. Like, and that's really how you keep your name going is group client relationships and trade relationships and, you know, being a curmudgeon is not going to really get you anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Keep that in the shop. Yeah. Keep that with your peeps. But I think overall just producing good product is always key. And then always, again, being helpful as far as if things pop up, kind of pitching it as like, these are the options that we have Mm -hmm. rather than like, this is your problem. Right. Um, Because I have some people who do that obviously, but it's, flexibility coming up with being solution oriented mm-hmm. instead of like doom and gloom, chicken little style. Yep. Yeah. But everybody's always designers are always looking for more people to work with mm-hmm. more cabinetry just cause everybody wants to see bids and stuff. So it goes yeah. from everything from cabinetry and you have guys who you're like, Oh, this would be a perfect job for them. Right. So you can kind of see where people's strengths are. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people are just too busy and can't get to it, you know? So it's always good to have other um, people that you could throw into the fire. Yep. Um, but I think that comes again with social media and kind of exposure. So if you're not getting exposed via the World Wide web, then it needs to be through other people talking about you and like pitching your name out there. And if you suck as a human, that ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> Go get go to betterhelp.com. <laughs> betterhelp.com. Please sponsor <laughs> <Not> us. <laughs> sponsored. Well, thanks for coming on. Of course. We'll have to have you on thanks again. Thanks for having me. Next time Rob will be here and we'll yeah. have him chatting too. Um so yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. And I always do this. I say this, but then I'm gonna hit that thing and I'm gonna it's gonna do be a again. recording of me <laughs> saying the same thing. It's just like an echo. But yeah. Thanks everybody. We'll uh we'll talk to you next week. 
We truly appreciate you listening. If you want to support the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Share the show with your friends or consider subscribing to our Patreon. We'll see you next week.